0: Hi, and welcome to How to Hack Your Brain Through Meditation. My name is Josh Byshynski. I'm a PhD, ABD, in neuroscience, psychology, and philosophy. I have a system of meditation I've been developing for over 30 years. I have a TEDx talk about Google and the future of search and ethics. And I would like to show you some of the tricks I've learned of how to hack your brain, how to improve your mood, how to improve your emotions, uh, and how to reach enlightenment, how to find the highest states that humankind can find. So we've been talking about the good recently and I'd like to get back to that and we're going to do a Western meditation today. And I'm going to add in some Eastern meditation, some ancient secrets. And I'm going to throw some neuroscience in there so let's get started. All right so last week we considered the full content, the full concept of enlightenment through the good. this concept of the good, this Agathos. We're looking at my manuscript Dao Agathos. Dao is a Mandarin word, a Chinese word for the path the method or the truth, the road to, and then agathos, which is a Greek word, an ancient Greek word for the good, for fully goodness, full positivity, full excitement, full joy, full happiness, the full optimality, for full optimality. Uh, full positivity, and it's both the feeling of it, that concept, it's the appraisal of it in your limbic system, psychologically speaking. It's the, it's the representation and the conceptualization and analysis of it in your neocortex, and your higher reasoning function parts of your brain. And we use Eastern techniques to help get into a trance state and to dial into getting our limbic system and our conceptual system like a keynote lock, opening up enlightenment and opening up hacking your brain. And these are very powerful techniques. So let's take a a deep breath in. Breathe out through the mouth. Hopefully you're not operating any motor equipment right now. I want your full attention on your phone or on your computer, uh, please, possibly. And breathe in and out. We're listening to Theta Wave music right now, which is gonna help you get into that trance state, that T-R-A-N-C-E, that theta-wave state, don't worry, you're not going to fall asleep or at least unless you're very susceptible to hypnosis. This is a mild self-hypnosis, but that's all meditation is, is a mild self-hypnosis. And that's how you, uh, through neuroscience and through ancient techniques, that's how you gain enlightenment, is by the, again, the Eastern techniques, the mild hypnosis, and then the contemplation of, of the correct concepts for enlightenment, of what enlightenment is. And it is, the good. The enli- the word enlightenment is a positive evaluative adjective, right? Just think of the English, right? The word enlightenment, it's, it's, a, it's a descriptor, it describes something that's enlightened, it's an adjective. And it's positive in nature, it doesn't mean something negative, so it's a positive, and it evaluates a scenario, right? It evaluates something as enlightened, as good, as positive. It is a positive evaluative adjective, just like the good, is the granddaddy, if you will. It's the essence of the positive evaluative adjective. Just like the word excellent is a close a close cousin to the good, right? The I- ideal, what's ideal, what's idyllic, again, is uh, probably the granddaddy of, you know, ideal in English is probably a closer word to what the Greeks meant with agathos than good. but But traditionally it's been translated as good. So I'm honoring that tradition, but the ideal, the idyllic, really doesn't get any better. Good can get better in some connotations. Not not if you really think about what goodness means, it can't get any better. Goodness is always the gooder. It's always seeking the highest good. Otherwise, it's not good, right? It's a contradiction. If you're not seeking the highest good, then it's not really that good. To be really good, you have to be the goodest, the gooder, the ideal, the idyllic. So the word ideal or idyllic really captures it maybe a little bit better, but But again, to honor that tradition, I'll keep saying the good. And if you want to discuss this with anybody else, any other philosophers, they may not understand, they probably won't understand what you're talking about, period, because we're on the cutting edge of West and Eastern stuff, putting it together. But um, any other Platonist would understand the concept of Agathos probably by saying the ideal, or just say Agathos, they should know their Greek or some Greek words and say, oh, okay, yes, Plato's concept of the good, sure, blah, 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 blah. So we're putting that together with Buddhism, I'm putting that together with uh, uh, Buddhist techniques uh, and trance states uh, that mystics have been experimenting with for millennia. So do that breathing again and I want you to reach out with your soul to the walls in the room or whether those walls or not, I want you to reach out to the imaginary walls so and the walls are coming in and your soul is coming out and you're sinking down into your chair You can use some Tai Chi movements too, to uh, help appreciate that coming out and in, out and in to yin yangs, right? It's the infinity symbol. When you, when you, when you dance it, when you Tai Chi it out, it's all symbolic. It's all built in so much symbolism in the ancient uh, techniques. I'm not a Dan Brown fan. I'm not, I'm not a member of the Illuminati. But they, they were right in that there's tons of symbolism in all these ancient art and all this ancient stuff. It doesn't necessarily say what they say. Or maybe it does, I don't know. I, I don't care to get into a fight with them. But there is a lot of symbolism in that stuff. So analyzing that symbolism and bringing it into neuroscience and psychology and how we can do stuff to unlock your brain with it is very interesting. Anyway, so now we have the concept of the ideal, of the idyllic and we're feeling what's ideal, it's what's, what's liked, it's what's positive. When I say better yet or better still, That's the success. That's how you gain enlightenment. Those are just positive evaluative adjectives. The good enlightenment, they mean the same thing, right? The same path to get there, the same Tao. Uh, We can't have one without the other. But you can miss the mark. If the good is so good, and if the ideal is the ideal, and what's optimal is fully maximally optimal, then what is the, the negation of the good? Then what is the negation of the good? What is failure? So as I said, value or the good is a scale. To seek the highest good is the highest good. To seek a lesser good is lesser. To seek a lesser good is not as good as the good or good. To do a lesser good is not as good as the goodest good that could have been done in that situation, that would be worse on all levels because you didn't do as good as you could have done. For whatever reason, ignorance, negligence, sloth, greed, selfishness, there's many paths to failure, sadly, as we all know, that's why you found me, right? If you were already enlightened, you wouldn't need to listen. You know everything I was saying. And you say, yes, yes, correct, good. Keep going, Josh. So we're both seeking enlightenment by the Eastern techniques of this trance state, getting deeper. Send out your hands, your emotional hands, your soul. The walls come in. You sink down deeper into the chair. Breathe into the nose. Out through the mouth. You can be using shred the clouds or tune uh, the, the tune the dial the techniques the Buddhist techniques I've taught in past courses. If you don't know what they are, go look at the past courses. So that would be failure. It's failure when you don't seek the good. That's failure. Remember, the good is ruined by negativity. Any negativity at all. The good and enlightenment is just maximal positivity in every sense, in every way. I repeat, the good and enlightenment are just maximal positivity in every sense, and every way. So that enlightenment and that good for you, that good for you and that good for everyone else, that good for your mind, that good for your soul and that good for, this, for your life, this cross that we make... A good for that whole relation is ruined by any negativity, any negativity at all for anyone involved. Remember, this is your guidepost for the future when people have arguments as to what is good. If it does not feel good to each on their own terms, as they feel it, as they judge it, then it's not fully good. It's a lesser good, and we could ostensibly do better think about it. We cannot actively cause people to suffer and say we are generally and genuinely doing good, much less the goodest good. We're causing people to suffer. Ostensibly, it would be better, in fact, much better, if some people did not have to be harmed, right? If we didn't have to go out of our way to hurt other people, that would be easier, wouldn't it? That would be less trouble, at least theoretically speaking, would it not? There is a way to make it better and gooder, is it not? Is there not? And seeking the gooder would be gooder, wouldn't it? Now you have it. That's it. If you if you appreciated those statements. If you perceive those statements and you appreciate those statements, you are on the path to enlightenment. You've turned your soul to the sun of the good and you're walking up that longer road. Both the Buddhists and Plato talked about the longer road of, for Plato philosophy for the East, for the mystics of meditation. But it's the same thing. Philosophy is just meditation. Philosophy, the, the ancient Greek words mean the love or friend of wisdom. Those who cherish and uh, wisdom Wisdom is nothing but knowledge of the good. Who is truly wise who knows about rocks and, and bugs, but then drinks themselves to death? They're not truly wise. The truly wise person is not wise in the way of this small thing or wise in the way of that small thing. They're wise in the way of the important things. That's what makes them truly wise. And that's what Plato and Socrates and Aristotle all discovered. Maybe with the help of the Buddhists, there was a lot of talk back then. Traders went going through, through the Persian Empire on the Silk Road. Very interesting time. So, if you perceived how doing the gooder would be gooder, even just theoretically speaking, whether you feel it or not yet, now you've opened the door to enlightenment. You've opened the door to hacking your brain. You just take that big Greek key and put it in that ancient Chinese lock and you went clunk or Indian as well clunk now the palace doors can open for you and now some really cool shit can happen okay so that's really good you should pat yourself on the back you should feel happy about that let's breathe in let's breathe out and if you didn't quite get it go back rewind the, the, the recording listen to it again listen to the last meditation again you will get it I'm telling you, you will understand this. You will perceive the good. You will feel the good. It might take a little longer for some people, but you will understand it and you will perceive it. The good is not imperceptible by anyone. Nobody is immune to the good, no matter how bad you might think you are, no matter how evil you think you might have done. No one is immune to the good. It just doesn't work that way. It's relative. It. it, it It doesn't work that way it's relative to everybody no matter how misaligned you think you are you can be realigned and if you're here you already seek some alignment don't you you already feel like you might be slightly misaligned and you seek some better alignment well this is it and you will get it you will understand it if you didn't quite get it yet go back but now you have the answer and once you have the answer of the gooder You realize, well, it would be gooder if we did things that were gooder. It would be at least less trouble to go out of our way to hurt everybody. And so if we can have a win-win scenario, then let's have a win-win scenario. Well, then now you understand the good. All at that point you have to do is seek the good. Seek those win-win-win scenarios. Nothing is gooder. The truest good is the most positive good, the best good for everyone involved, the maximal, most idyllic, most positive good, feeling it, perceiving it, causing it, seeking it. If it is not a positive situation, in fact, the most positive situation, the most liked or likable by everyone involved for the duration, then that's simply not the truest good, no matter what they call it. They could say it'd be good to build this bridge here, but I have to destroy 10 people's homes. That's not seeking the good. Not if those people were hurt by those homes being destroyed, which they almost certainly would be. That's utilitarianism. Utilitarianism is a failed perception of enlightenment. They were not enlightened. They saw a bit of it. They stole a little match of that fire, like Prometheus did from the gods, but then that that blew out. And the wisdom was not enough, insufficient. This is not utilitarianism. This is something much, much greater much, much better. This is a philosophy that's never fully existed on the planet. And it talks about socio-political moves, perhaps even a system, but more like moves, guidelines, if you will, that have never been conceived of, quite frankly, yet. Not in its full totality. So when people say this is fully good, they are wrong if somebody's being hurt. When they say this is good enough for now, they are wrong, unless of course it just cannot get evidently any better that it's still a form of some good. When they choose a lackluster good that they know some people are being harmed or hurt and they call that as the maximally valuable thing as they call that when they call that idyllic or the ideal thing to do, they are simply wrong. That's not maximal value. That's not good optimal. It's not the superior idyllic in seeking it, in conceiving it, in doing it, in knowing it. They're not doing what's optimal. So, everyone is seeking value. Everyone is seeking the good. Not everyone's seeking enlightenment because that has extra connotations, but everyone, they are actually. They're seeking wisdom. They want to know what's good and they want to get it. Everyone is seeking that. That's all enlightenment is, by the way. Understanding the good in to the nth degree, to its fullest totality. For all the 10,000 things, as Lao Tzu would say. Uh, that's how you are the, the sage, the Shen Gren, and you're not just the Junzi, just the, the, the student. Because you understand the good of the 10,000 things. It's not just 10,000 things as it washes over you, it's 10,000 things in your synoptic knowledge of your understanding of all of its relations and how it all fits. That's how enlightenment understands the universe. So everybody is seeking, everyone is seeking value. My question for you is why seek inferior? Why be inferior? Why seek inferior? I mean, not just, yeah, of course you're going to make mistakes occasionally. That's fine. Why do you continually seek a mistaken philosophy? Why do you, on purpose, seek not to do your best? Why do you, on purpose, seek to do things that are not fully likable? From the offset, before you even assuage the or assess the difficulty, you're doing everything, why do everything half-assed? That's not the good. Now, don't worry about having to actually achieve the good, I told you. To achieve the good, all you have to do is seek the good, seek the superior, seek maximal value, seek from the offset what's truly, fully good. We are all seeking the goodest in our relationship with the goodest. This is why some of us think we need forgiveness, because we, rather foolishly, think we're not good enough for the good. Perhaps someone abused us. Maybe we abused us. Maybe we we abused others. None of that matters. That is all in the past. The past is not real. It's not now anyway. All of that is completely irrelevant. None of that matters. You are here where you are. You've woken up right now, right this moment, and you realize what the good is. If you seek the good honestly and you want the good honestly and you yearn for the good honestly, then you can have the good. Period. Honestly. Period. It does not matter where you've come from. You've ended up here. If you're perceiving the good, you've opened up your soul a little bit, the window a little bit to that sunlight of the good, of enlightenment to come in. All right. So that's our meditation for today. I hope that uh, enlightened you a little bit. Uh, try to keep practicing. Keep doing your breathing. In uh, three, we're going to wake up. Uh, we're going to become refreshed. We're going to be refocused. Two, we're going to be refreshed. We're going to be refocused. We're going to breathe in. And out. One, we're going to be refreshed. We're going to be refocused. We're going to We're going to appraise awesomeness and breathe in. And one, three, two, one. We're refreshed. We're awake. Appraise awesomeness. Good. Very excellent. Very good job. So I hope that has helped you a little bit in understanding a little bit more of what enlightenment is and how to hack your brain with meditation. Uh, Tune in next time for a continued guided meditation, and we'll see you then.